My name is Gabrielle Austin. My name is Christina Blisparsnes. John and I have already lived in Taiwan uh, for seven years. And I was uh, a member of three of the teams that went to see you guys.
I'm going to build a career there. I'm going to go back to grad school. Like, those, you know, kind of standard steps in life I have set aside. You know, I had a lot of what would I give up? So I'm just thinking very selfishly with the week of vacation, you work in the work world, you, you kind of cut the whole day about being totally honest, that was some glamour for well, you know, living a very comfortable life in, in, in the States. You know, uh, the climate is tropical. It's very hot most, most of the year, along with all the bugs and snakes and, and in your house. I think maybe leaving family or at least some of the family that we left thought, you know, we were doing the wrong thing. We definitely get uh, negative uh, responses. From, from, were you going where? And you're going to do what? Last time we did this, me and my friend Ella stayed up to one o'clock in the morning, grabbing every candy and trying to clean up the kitchen. We took our time to like get everything ready and go around the street. And I know some neighbors don't want it and don't like being bothered. So, uh, any questions from that? Don't you just love stories like that? I love watching stories like that. I mean, they just, and, and the thing is, you know, so many of them are, are stories that we don't even know about people who are living right in our midst. And, you know, how many other people might Patrick have, have interviewed for this? Thank you, by the way, Patrick, for doing this. Might, might he have interviewed that would, you know, have similar stories to tell? Like so many people that have gone to Mexico or to various places and serving God in, in, in special sorts of ways. So anyway, thanks to all of those of you who were allowed yourselves to be interviewed. They were really great stories. As you know, this is Mission Sunday. And uh, one of the things we do with Mission Sunday is we'll take up a contribution. And uh, we our entire uh, budget for... Uh, funding foreign missions, whatever we do for the congregation, we collect on this day. And so uh, I wanted to start uh, just a little bit by talking about, you know, where that money is, is that we contribute is going to, who it's going to, and um, just talk a little bit about that. And uh, although this is, these four uh, groups up here, four people or couples, families, uh, you know, that's not every penny that's been sent in missions this year. Uh, it, it is a lot of it. And of course, um, one of the families that, uh, that we fi have financially supported for many years, Scott and Shirley Robb, who live in Lonnegan, Belgium, and, uh, and uh, work with a congregation over in Maastricht, Netherlands. So they, it's sort of like living in Wisconsin and worshiping in Minnesota. 
you know, without having to choose between the Packers and the Vikings. So, um, and Scott and Shirley have been there for many years and uh, continue to serve faithfully in that part of the world. And uh, Woodbury Congregation has been supporting them for a long time, you know, well over, well, uh, probably close to 20 years at this point. Uh, Justin and Tia and Grace McIntyre, some of you, uh, may recognize Tia because she grew up in this congregation, but that's been quite a while ago. But if you don't recognize Tia, there's probably a pretty good chance that you recognize Ronnie over here because Ronnie is Tia's sister. And, uh, and they, uh, their family, uh, Tia and Justin and their daughter Grace and a new baby that's on the way, right, uh, are now in Moncayo, Peru. They were in Costa Rica doing language studies for a year and in the last few months have just moved on to Peru and are there with a team that's planting, um, uh, planting churches in that, in that part of Peru. So we've helped them with some kind of special uh, one-time funds this year and it's, it's looking like we'll be able to support them on a more ongoing basis um, uh, you know, from this point forward or starting in, in the next year. Malia Davidson, of course, a lot of you may recognize Malia. Uh, Malia has been in the Adventures in Missions program, the same one that Christina was in, and she uh, is currently in Honduras, has been there for, I'm not sure how long, she's been in the AIM program, a little over two years, probably in Honduras for, what, a year and a half or so, Kent, something like that. And, uh, and I just asked Kent, her dad, uh, when she's coming back, and he said, uh, January, and he said, but you'll, you know, you'll, you'll have to ask Hannah about exactly when in January because I don't keep up with those sorts of details. So I did ask Jana, or Tana, and she's coming back at the end of January. And so uh, we'll get to see Malia then and find out kind of what's next for her. But it's, uh, the AIM program is an internship program where people go and they work uh, for a couple of years in missions and learn about what missions is like, maybe make some decisions about whether or not that's something that, would, that they want to pursue further in their lives. And uh, we've been really proud of Malia as she's been serving in Honduras for the last couple of years. And then Evans and Goge, uh, some of you might remember Evans. He was here for about a year, a couple of years ago. He was going to, to Bethel uh, College at the Bethel University at that point. He later transferred to uh, Abilene Christian where he's working on a master's, but he's from Kenya. And he, uh, last summer he went back over to Africa to do some some service and some ministry over there, and we helped to support him in that, in that trip. So uh, on an ongoing basis, uh, I'm sure we'll be continuing to, to support the Robs and the McIntyres and, of course, Malia until she comes back. And, um, uh, but there still may be some decisions about uh, how much and, and, and in what direction we're going to go with, with, um, uh, with the mission's uh, efforts here. So I wanted to make sure that everybody knew about that, and that's kind of uh, where we have been going and where we anticipate going further. But I, I really want to talk less about these folks today and more uh, about us. I was, uh, I was really struck with the video where, um, where the first question that was asked is something like, you know, so how did you get called into doing this? What called you into missions? And that's an interesting term, I think, to have a calling of some sort. And, and I think maybe we have lots of different meanings or interpretations about what it means to have a calling. I think of it as an invitation. 
that God has sort of extended an invitation to us or to the, the, the people that were being interviewed up there uh, this morning and said, I'd like, I have a job that I'd like for you to do. And I'm wondering if you would be willing to do it. Would you be willing to accept this call? And, and of course, all the people that were interviewed up, up here this morning and in, in the video that we saw were willing, were willing to accept that call. It reminds me a bit of Isaiah. You might remember the story about Isaiah's call. How Isaiah had a vision. This is in Isaiah chapter 6. He had a vision about uh, uh, going up into heaven and being with angels and being with God and, 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 and saying to himself, um, you know, what am I going to do here? Because woe is me. I'm a sinful man. And, and, uh, and what's going to happen to me? And the angel comes along and, and puts a coal on his lips and says, you know, your sins have been removed. And then... Isaiah hears this voice. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. I mean, has there ever been a clearer call than that? You know? The voice of the Lord saying, Who's going to go? And Isaiah says, I will. I'll go. Well, actually, there probably have been several calls that are about that clear. Like the call to Abraham, when God said, Abraham, I want you to take off and go into a country and I'll show you where it's going to be. And Abraham said, okay. Or the time that Moses was confronted by a, by a burning bush and God saying, Moses, I have an opportunity you can't refuse here. I want you to go bring my people out of Egypt. By the time Jesus was walking down the sands of the, of the seashore, and he called out to some fishermen, come follow me. And they did. Or he walked by a tax collector uh, booth with a man named Matthew inside. And he said, hey, come follow me. And Matthew left what he was doing and went to follow Jesus. So yeah, there are some times when there have been some very specific calls to follow Jesus, to follow God, to do a job. And sometimes I think we think about missionaries in that way too. That they've gotten a special sort of call to follow God, to do missions. It's sort of like I was thinking about Mission Impossible this morning, you know? You know, that beginning scene of the movies, or I'm actually old enough to remember the TV show. You know, that very beginning scene where, you know, where the tape comes on and says, here's your mission, should you decide to accept it, you know, and this tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Anybody remember that scene, you know? And it's like, it's like you know, here is something, it's, called, it's not called Mission Impossible for no reason, right? You know, because this is a, a huge task that maybe isn't going to be able to be, a cover, to, to be done, and, you know, it takes a very, very special person or team of people to do this particular task. And I think sometimes we think about missionaries in that way, too, that these are these very special people who go to the ends of the earth to proclaim the gospel. You know, over, I've worked with a lot of missionaries over the years, and I've had a lot of conversations with them, and one of the more common conversations I have is, you know, when I go home, the missionary will say, when I go home, people tend to put me on a pedestal. 
And I hate that. <laughs> I really don't like that at all. It's like they're making us out to be some sort of super Christians, and, and we're not that way. We're not any more super than anybody else. All we did was listen to the call of God and answer it. It's just that, you know, we happen to be serving God in a different part of the world and where people speak a different language or the culture is different or the electricity comes time, sometimes comes and goes. But, you know, we're doing the same thing as other people. We're listening to the call that God gave to us. And I think that's a pretty important piece there, that a call is not to the super spiritual. There is a call for all of us. Ephesians chapter 4, first part of Ephesians, Paul has been talking about, you know, given this great theological treatise about, you know, uh, the, the, the kingdom of God and about, about the, the church. And, and then he gets to the second half of Ephesians and he goes into a very practical section. And the rest of Ephesians really talks about how we ought to live. And he begins that whole section with this verse. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Paul assumes there has been a calling. Now, just to be clear here, He's not talking to a bunch of missionaries who have gotten their marching orders to go to the far ends of the earth. He's talking to the church in Ephesus, just like he might be talking to the church in Woodbury today. And he's saying, you have a call. Every one of you has a call. So the issue is not whether or not you have a call. The issue is living in a way that is worthy of that call. And so the question is, what's your call? Remember that Capital One commercial? You know, the one with Samuel L. Jackson on it. And at the end of the commercial, he looks into the camera like he's looking into your soul, and he says, what's in your wallet? You know, you know that line? And maybe we have the same question to ask ourselves. Not what's in your wallet, but what's your calling? That's a hard question to answer. Because one of the issues is, well, how would I know that I had a calling? Well, you know, for John Doherty, the calling was, came through a missionary, right? Some guy came to a church where he was and says, we need people over in Taiwan. And John said, well, I don't know why it wouldn't be us. So he packed up his family and went to Taiwan with one-way tickets, by the way. It's a great story. If you've never heard it, ask John sometime. Or, Pat, or Patrick, if you want the embellished version. <laughs> but... You know, the call came through hearing somebody else. Or Christina, the call came as she was examining her life and saying, you know, I'm finishing up my undergraduate work here. What shall I do with my life? And somehow she heard the call to go into the AIM program and into New Zealand. Sometimes for me, the call is this little voice in the back of my head that says, you you should really pay attention to this person over here. You should really reach out to this person over here. You should really pay attention to this direction in your life. I like to think that's the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it is or not. But somehow, God gets my attention. 
And I'd also like to say that I always listen to it. And I confess to you that I don't. But there's a voice somewhere deep inside of me that says, pay attention. I'm giving you an invitation to serve me. What's your calling? How does God get your attention? I don't know. I think he has lots of ways of getting our attention. But the calling may be different things for different people. The calling for you might be treating somebody at your workplace who's annoying and obnoxious or maybe lonely with some kindness and reaching out to them. Your calling might be giving a single mom who's at the end of a rope with a bunch of kids and she's taking care of some respite, taking care of her kids for a little while so she can get a break. <coughs> your calling might be calling somebody up on the phone and encouraging them or sending them an encouraging Facebook message. I mean, it can be all sorts of things, but the point is that we all have a calling. It's not just those super spiritual missionaries out there. All of us have a calling. But it's not cheap. Callings come with a price. I'll bet when Isaiah stepped up and said, here I am, send me, he had no idea what he was getting himself into. He had no idea that he was going to get to confront kings and rulers. He had no idea about how unpopular his message would be. He had no idea how much people were going to hate him. He just said, you got a job for me, God? I'll, I'll do it. Without really knowing what the consequences were like. I was struck as I, as I was watching the video this morning about uh, what people said about the costs of answering the call because all of them talked about some sort of cost. I mean, it, it ranged from things like, you know, losing uh, vacation days or, or running into people that really didn't want to be bothered, you know, with, with my going to their door to things like, you know, making some changes about the direction of my career <laughs> or having people think I was crazy for making a decision like this. So answering the call of God comes at a cost. It is not by any means inexpensive. Now today, we're asking you to make a sacrifice because that's what the cost is about. By digging a little deeper into your pocket and by putting some money into a collection plate. And, and by the way, Patrick reminds me that if you've forgotten to bring your checkbook today, you can always give online. So, you know, there's, there's always ways in which we can give. But we're asking you to, to sacrifice a little bit by, by reaching down into your pocket and giving somebody, giving some money to help support some people who are off listening to the call of God in a different part of the world. But let me suggest to you that the real cost is not in supporting somebody else's call. It's in supporting your own calling. Jesus calls us. He says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Those are big words. Those are strong words. 
Because what Jesus is saying is, if you're going to listen to the calling, it's going to take your time, and it's going to take your energy, and it's going to take your resources, and it's going to take your life. And if you're going to listen to the call, you're going to be inconvenienced sometimes. And you're going to be put in a place where you're going to have to do some things that maybe are uncomfortable for you. And you might even run into a time or two when people think you're nuts because you're following the call of God. I mean, all of those things can happen, right? So there's a cost to answering the call. But there's also a benefit. I thought it was interesting that everybody who was interviewed also said there was something that changed them because they answered the call. They saw the world in a different way. They saw other people in a different way. They saw themselves in different ways. They were able to do things for other people that they might not have been able to do otherwise. They were able to learn about the sustaining power of God. So the truth is that if we're serious about answering the call of God, it will change us. And that's a scary thing. Because I, I think lots of times we don't really want to change. We kind of like it where we are. And if we listen to the call of God, it may take us into some places that are new. But those places where it may take us are likely to ultimately be good. So in just a minute, we're going to be taking up an offering to support those people who've listened to the call in a foreign country. And as the plate is being passed and you're putting a check in or whatever it is you're doing, I'd also like you to think about this. What's my calling? What is it that God is calling me to do? And what does that look like? When I leave here today, when I go into my school or my workplace tomorrow, when I have Thanksgiving dinner with my family, you know, when I am out driving on the road in the middle of rush hour traffic, what is my calling? So what I'd like to ask each of us to do for just a moment is to reflect on that. And then I'll offer a prayer. And when I offer a prayer, I'll ask those who are passing the baskets around to pass the baskets and we'll collect our, our mission contribution for today. Holy Father, let us listen to your call. Let us not be so overcome with the din of our own lives 
that we fail to hear you speaking to us. Father, help us as we go out from here to live in ways that are worthy of the calling that we have received. Help us to remember that we are people who belong to you. And because we belong to you, you call upon us to do things in our everyday lives. We pray for those like the Robs and the McIntyres and Leah and Evans who have gone to different places and are in different places in the world and are serving you there, who have listened to your call to go to a different place. And we pray that they too may live lives that are worthy of the calling that you have given to them. Thank you for being our Father, for loving us, for giving us everything we have. Help us to be good and righteous and obedient children as we live lives that are worthy of the calling that you have given to us. In the name of Jesus, amen.